0: Welcome to A Spoonful of Podcast where we dive into the magic of Disney destinations. Searching for a great big beautiful tomorrow. Broadcasting from the backside of water.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 118 of A Spoonful of Podcast. I am your host. Evan Dickens, here with my co-host in crime, as always, Mr. Brian Galloway. Brian, how you doing, sir?
0: Hey, Evan. Hey, Spoonies. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing very well. It's uh, been a hectic couple weeks, but um, I think you have a lot more that's been going on. Probably more fun. I've been more doing more traveling, but nothing to do, nothing fun. So let's see what happens. Uh, I'm really interested to see about your trip. Uh, it seems like it was a little a pretty good combination variety trip.
1: Yeah, so as far as hectic goes, the holidays are upon us, right? So we have a lot more coming up for family and travel and all kind of stuff, you know. Just to, it's going to be even more hectic. But a lot of a lot of it's good hectic. There's good hectic and bad hectic. And this weekend was an example of good hectic. Um, <clears throat> I went on a little mini trip with my wife, and we left Ezra with um, the parents and. So, my purpose of this last little is this, you know, little mini trip report for y'all. But the purpose of this episode is going to be to make some comparisons that I made categorically between Universal and Disney. You know, before I get into the episode, I want to give the preface that I think that my results are a little skewed. Um, this isn't a necessarily a. It is a little bit of a comparison because I've done. What I'm about to lay out for you, I've done it at Disney and Universal as well, just not on the same trip. And I will say that I think to really get a good answer for this, you would probably need to do, you know, three or four days at Universal, then three or four days at Disney in Orlando and then make a comparison. Um, maybe, you know, one of our other guests we've mentioned, you know, Big Dave, he goes to Universal often as well, and this would be a good episode to talk about when he comes on next time about some of his thoughts on this episode and what he's experienced as well. So I made some categories that I would like to talk about in differences between Universal and Disney. But before I get into that, like I said, the purpose I went down there was for a work Christmas um, party and they did this annual. And so the party was held at the Lowe's Sapphire Falls resort, which is the moderate, uh, Universally has one "quote unquote" moderate category, as we know it, Disney calls it, level resort, which is this resort. And it was uh, very nice. It was on. We left. We got there Friday. Went to Disney Springs for a few minutes, and then we went to over to our hotel to check in, which was at Cabana Bay, which is a value resort. So, and,
0: you, dro- so you drove. So you drove to Disney Springs.
1: Yes. Well, we drove halfway Thursday evening. And then we got up th- uh, Friday morning and drove to Disney Springs. And then we stayed there just for a little bit. And then we drove to Universal to check in. Okay. Um, doing some work in between then and now, you know, on the drive or, you know, either having to stop and do some work and stuff like that in the, in the midst. But typically our whole company shuts down on that Friday so everybody can get to the Christmas party. That's kind of how they do it. But. So, yeah, we we arrived and the where the hotel we stayed at was across the street, which we we stayed at Cabana Bay, which I said was a a value resort for Universal. And the the uh, Christmas party was at the Sapphire Falls Resort, which was across the street. And it was in one of the the ballroom atriums. The Christmas party was great. It was very fun. And as you know, this weekend progressed and Friday ended and then I'm I'm giving you a little snapshot so then I can kind of dig deep into how I want to structure it. So I don't want to really, you know, I'm not trying to go necessarily time by time, because I think the message to get across is better categorically. But I made observations on the evening of the Christmas party at that resort, along with observations at the resort we were staying at, observations at Universal Studios and Islands of Adventure, and then, of course, uh, making observations at Disney and we did stay at the Swan for the first time. So there's some stuff to unpack here and I'd like to you know kind of go as I experienced it. So let's talk about resorts. So resorts are are really interesting to me because we know that Disney is known for their resorts and we know that there's three categories value, moderate and deluxe and there's a lot of deluxe resorts and you know, some moderates that come to mind, Coronado Springs, both Port Orleans, Caribbean Beach. Those are some moderates that come to mind. And of course, the values, you have the All-Stars, Pop Century, and actually Art of Animation is considered a value as well. So taking that into mind, Universal Studios has uh, Cabana Bay, Adventura Hotel, they have Dockside and Surfside Resort. Those are all value. Um, And then they have Low Sapphire Falls Resort, which is the middle category. And then at the top, They have the Royal Pacific Resort. um, They have Hard Rock Hotel, and then they have Los Portofino Bay, which Portofino Bay is like the toppest, top of the line that they have there. Now I got all those from memory, so I'm hoping I didn't miss one. So you know, we stayed at a Value Resort, which is Cabana Bay, which is very similar to a Pop Century. So comparing those two, there's some pluses and minuses. Um, Transportation is Pop has the win here because you have the Skyliner and the buses. I will say, though, that the buses, and this is where logistically, I'm going to talk logistics in a minute. Buses at Universal, much better than Disney. They, are, they come every 10 minutes. Uh, typically, every time we looked outside or needed a bus ourselves, there was two or three waiting in line to load people up.
0: So can I, can I ask you a question, though? Is yeah. that their primary source of transportation?
1: They have two sources one is it is their primary i would say but for the the moderate and deluxe level resorts they do have boat transportation from the resorts to city walk which is the you know the entrance to universal and islands of adventure okay so yes that is i guess their primary transportation they don't
0: have monorail they don't have skyliner
1: correct they don't have either of those so it's just boat and bus now again logistically speaking now you have to think though, it is a much smaller property, right? You have two parks. You do have a lot of a good many resorts. Well, we have three parks if you count Volcano Bay. And you have CityWalk Walk in two parks. So the property itself is not as large as Disney. But I do think logistically speaking, we were the, the time we've been before and at this time, we've never been wanting a bus, and they're not one being there. Uh, Each time they're pulling up, they come every 10 minutes where Disney says they come every roughly 20 minutes. Now, of course, some come sooner or later or whatever depends on issues, but that's just the rules. So I think my bus experience, even though I've been on a lot of Disney buses and I would have to, of course, again, the scales are a little skewed here. I'd have to stay there longer and go on a lot of universal buses to really compare it. But the times I have been there just from my experience.
0: How about the inside of the bus? is it is it very nice it's very comparable comparable,
1: same structure i will say that universal does have a lot of those you know the the long buses that have that middle section that's like an accordion uh that disney has some of those
0: okay okay so
1: they have a good many of those and that's what a couple of the different ones that I was on. So, you know, even when I think Cabana Bay, well, actually the long, the furthest away is Dockside and Surfside, but then Cabana Bay is probably the next furthest away and still it only takes a few minutes just because the property is so small to get you to Citywalk. And so you're you're dropped off at Citywalk and that is where you go in. So, I'll save that for the logistic category and I'll I'll talk about that next. But comparing Pop Century and Cabana Bay, the I would let's talk about some of the differences, the pool area, Cabana Bay, hundred percent. They have a lazy river. They have a, um, zero entry pool. They have a sand area with a bunch of like lounge chairs in it. They have a, um, I think what would be a better is called hideaway grill that you can get stuff at and take it you know to the pool area to eat. Um, and it just is a overall nicer looking pool area than pop centuries is. I think that where Pop Century also loses is going to be the food court area. I would say that Cabana Bay's is um, Bayliner Diner is what theirs is. And I think it's much better than the Pop Century food court. There's more stations. There's more options. They do have refillable mugs, just like you know Disney does, et cetera. I think the room itself, Pop Century wins on this.
0: Cabana oh, okay. Bay's... Oh wow. Yeah.
1: Uh, the Cabana Bay rooms are not bad. They have a certain theme about them, right? So like you get the, the zest bar soap and the VO5 shampoo, the clock in the room is like a older analog clock. Right. Um, so they're trying to get that kind of turn of the century feel, you know, and, and they achieve it very well, but they have carpet in there and it didn't have a bad smell, but sometimes, you know, how hotels have like a hotel room smell. I don't know how to describe it except that. It kind of had that smell, and it, I think it was just because of the carpet. You know, a lot of Pop Century is being remodeled, All-Stars being remodeled. They're going away from the carpet. They're going to a, you know, a like a LVP vinyl plank kind of flooring, and I think that's easier to clean, and it doesn't hold smells. Not that, Like I said, not that the room stunk or anything because it didn't, but I think that if it had the other floor, it would just be a better kind of feel for it. Uh, I would say... The, the beds were not very comfortable uh pops beds were better and I just think the room layout is is cleaner and it's nicer and it's definitely newer at pop century than at cabana Bay
0: how about price
1: price is probably pretty similar I didn't you know that uh, it was company purchased for this weekend but I would say that I think the price is pretty similar. Um, You know, pop is usually around a couple hundred bucks a night, you know, give or take. And I think Cabana Bay is about the same. And uh, let's see, uh, they do have a near the uh, Bayliner diner. They do have a Starbucks, a full service Starbucks. You know, you can get food, drinks, everything. It is a full Starbucks. They do have a bowling alley upstairs in the, right off the lobby. So amenities, you know, compared to like Pop Century are better. But I still think logistically, like with the Skyliner at Pop and the Room is better at Pop. The check-in experience is much better at Disney overall. Uh, They had, it took me about 30 minutes to check in. They do, so this is where uh, kind of a flaw comes in on the, this is a, a logistic thing. On the Universal app, there is no way to link your reservation to the app. You can purchase park tickets through the Universal app and you can link your park tickets to your app, but there is no way to link your hotel to your app. So the only way to check in is twofold. One is if you purchase a reservation, Universal will send you about 24 to 48 hours prior to your arrival an early check-in link to where you can do mobile check in And then there's a separate line in the lobby that you could walk into once you've done it to like pick up your keys and that kind of stuff. It's like an expedited line, which I think actually the Swan has this too. They have keys. They have keys. Not keys, not key keys, but oh, like okay. card okay. keys. Sorry. Okay. I like, wow, you the keys. <laughs> no, but I noticed that at this one too, they had a check-in and then they had like a little expedited, like it said elite or mobile check-in and you just walk right up yep. to the yep. counter and get that. So Universal is very similar. They had a, a, you know, stash in line for regular, and then they had to express those that had done mobile. Well, I had a flaw because the company booked our stay. So I didn't have an email for them on file to send for an early check-in and I can't link a reservation to that to my app because they don't allow you to do that. So I had to stand in the line, and it was about a 30-minute long line.
0: Ooh, I, I would, that's not good.
1: And um, so logistically, it was not as good as, as like a pop check-in experience. And, of course, you can do early check-in, direct-to-room on the Disney app. You can link your reservations, and it's much better. So that is better logistically speaking. The check-in process at Pop Century is better. I will say, um, so I guess I I don't really know how to to lean that. I would say that Universal has a fighting chance against the values of Disney. Um, I I think they're very head-to-head and easily comparable or in some ways better. If you were going to do a resort day, I'd much rather do a resort day at Cabana Bay versus Pop Century. Just amenities and you know, with bowling or doing the lazy river and having the nice pool and the nice grill by the pool. And, you know, the, the way the pool set up, it's, it's easily accessible from all the rooms. So I think that doing a resort day would be better and more fun for the family at Cabana Bay versus pop. Um, however, okay. So that's, let's rest that category going into moderate resorts. I would say that that one quote unquote middle level or moderate resort can hang with Disney's moderate resorts. Uh, of course I didn't stay there, but most of the company stayed there, but I didn't stay there. I stated a value because I was hired on later and, you know, obviously being hired on later, I was signed up for the Christmas party later. So they had to book me a room, wherever there was one in, in the resort they had the actual party at, which was this middle level Sapphire Falls was full. So I had to go across the street, which was fine. But, from what I heard from people, the rooms are extremely nice at sapphire Falls, and the lobby is very pretty. They have a um their own coffee space too. I don't think it, I don't know if it was actually a Starbucks or if it was called like um or maybe it wasn't a starbucks but the the shop was nice uh just the lobby was very pretty, very high ceilings they it is a convention resort or a whatever, so they had different ballrooms and stuff like that but beautiful property. Very deluxe feel for a moderate resort. I could kind of give it uh, equivalent to the Grand Destino Tower at Coronado Springs, but I think it wins out over like the Port Orleans or a Caribbean beach. It's as far as the feel and look and how nice it feels, you know, just for, we were there for about six hours and just the hallways and that kind of stuff. And just the interaction with the, the team members there. I think it could hang with the modern. Now this is not me staying there though. So just to caveat that this is just quote unquote a tour going to an event there, being there yeah, for yeah. several hours, yeah, the okay. food, you know, be, the catered food was great and universal catered. It, it was fantastic. Um, so overall, very nice resort. So, and I, and I can't compare deluxe because I've not been to any of the deluxe universal resorts compared to Disney's. Um, so, That's resorts. Resorts is done. Let's go ahead and talk about logistics. Logistics, I had a big problem with at Universal outside of the buses, which I think they figured that out pretty well. But again, that could be to property size. So let's talk about how amazing my Disney experience is compared to the Universal Orlando app. First off, the Universal Orlando app is pretty. So, you know, don't get that wrong. It's it's very it's visually appealing, but it is not logistically feasible. They do have a wait time section. I found it difficult to navigate. I found it difficult to use. If I tried to go to another spot on the map, it kept wanting to jump back to where my GPS, like where my little blue you know, circle was. It kept wanting to jump back there. Uh, the cert, It wasn't like Disney, you know, MDE has a search feature. There was not like a search feature on there. You had to go by category. Uh, wait times were easy to get to. Something that is cool about the Universal app is you can set wait time alerts. So say you want to go ride Hagrid's and it's at an 85 minute wait, but you would like a push notification to your phone when it gets to 55 minutes, you can set up wait time alerts. So that's pretty cool in the Universal app. But overall, much better. The I would say the guest or client hotel park package experience, Disney has by just leaps and bounds over Universal. And here's the reason why. You get a room key card that does have your name printed on it and a barcode. That is your card to get into parking, like at the resorts, you have to scan your your, your card, and then you can get in through the gate, just like you would scan your Magic Banner card at Disney. That is your room key. And that's also what you have to have with you if you're going to do early park admission into the parks. You have to have your room key to show them. You cannot show them the app. You cannot show them anything well, that's else. That's
0: how it used to be at Disney, though.
1: Yeah, you, you got to have your room so okay, so key. Like,
0: so it's four years back on Disney, five years back at Disney
1: now. Right. Thing number two is your tickets. You can have a hard copy ticket printed, or you can do it on your phone on the app. So, but that is separate. You have to like say, okay, so this point, say you have your room key and you don't have the app, you would have to have a printed ticket to get into the park. Now, the third thing to talk about is express pass. Now we did not do express pass, but if you wanted to do express pass, which is the ability to ride as many rides as you want to at either park as many times as you want to, to quote unquote, skip the regular lines. It's essentially an unlimited fast pass to all the rides except Hagrid's and except VelociCoaster. And how much? With tax and everything for that one day, it was $529. For the two of you? It it would have been for the two of us. Yep. To do that, which we did not do it, but that would have been how much it was. Do people buy that? Yes.
0: $500 for one day to a park?
1: That's okay. not even the your park entry that's just yeah. to do express pass now, if you stay at a deluxe level resort and I think even the uh the mid level no maybe it's just deluxe actually express pass is included in your stay so that is a plus you know if you instead of spending five hundred bucks you just go ahead and spend you know the extra maybe. I don't know, 100 bucks a night or 150 bucks a night, because their deluxes are not that much far off in category-wise, especially if you get a deal. You get Express Pass included, and that's a great bundle, okay? But setting that aside, if you get Express Pass, they print you out a hard copy Express Pass. So think about this. You have three hard copy items you have to keep up with for the day. You have your room key, you have your park ticket, and you'd have your Express Pass, so you'd have to keep up with those all day long. But what we did was we had, you know, I have my, so I only had the room key to keep up with. And then you have the tickets on the app. So luckily I only had one hard copy thing to keep up with. But still, if you do all of that, and even if you're safe, you're staying at a deluxe resort, you still have to keep up with those hard items. Not everything is in the app or on like a magic band like Disney has. There's no bands or anything like that. And the app only stores your tickets. So that's a that's a logistic flaw to me of having to keep up with hard copy things. I think you know, of course, like you said, Disney's done this before. They had paper fast passes. They had the room key thing to get into the early park, but Disney's figured out a way to advance that, and Universal may be just behind in that. So
0: oh, they are behind. Yeah, no, you know, they're behind in technology. They're behind. Disney Disney has the ability. You know, obviously, they have a lot more technology. Uh, forces available for them. And they also they also went through a long trial period of testing it to see how it goes. But what I'm... You know, I was just at a Hilton last week and I was at a really... Uh, like more upscale Hilton, but, you know, you had a room key that you used to, to get your food, to get to, to access to the gym, access to the pool. I mean, yeah. it's, it's very similar. So it's just like old school hotel.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It seems like
0: just like it's an old school hotel. So, so I mean, it's just basically... It's, it's not... Now, did you expect them to be like Disney, or or or, or is that because so it was a letdown? But did you really expect them to be like that?
1: Is that? Um, I guess I expected. I didn't. I knew there wasn't magic bands or anything like that. Now, Volcano Bay has a total new system that's in its park that you can have a band on, which that is revolutionary, and and that's even better than Disney water parks. So they have what's called the Tapu Tapu band. And it's, it's waterproof. It's given to everyone that gets, that goes to Volcano Bay. And it allows you to walk up to a water ride. And, you know, one of the things I hate about water parks is, you know, one thing is, there's two things I hate. One is standing in line. You're standing there just with your swimsuit on in a line with all these sweaty, nasty people all around you. Right. And then the second is some of these water parks you go to, you have to grab a a raft or a, a ride, how, you know, a float or whatever you're going to get on some of these that you, where you have to have tubes or whatever. Right. Um, and you have to hold it on the stairs, you know, walk up the stairs with it. Now, some rides of course do have the, the conveyor belt feeds that it's at the very top and they put a tube down. Every one of Volcano Bay's rides, you don't have to carry a tube up any stairs. And with the Tapu Tapu band, it's waterproof. And when you want to go ride a ride, you just go up to that ride, kiosk, you tap it, and it gives you a return time. So you don't have to wait in any lines at that water park at all. You just get a return time. And then it's like a almost like a fast pass. You just get a return callback time. So that's a very cool system that is exclusive to Volcano Bay, which it's a newer water park, so they were able to integrate that into that park itself. Okay, But setting that aside, I just didn't expect... You know, for someone who would have all three of those things to have to have three different printed hard copies, I guess I didn't expect that, but I knew they weren't at the level of where Disney was. So now, when you say printed
0: hard copies, I'm thinking paper. Do you mean like is it one's a credit card or? Like so the room
1: keys like a like a you know hard plastic.
0: Okay, so it's not. But a if hard you get your copy. ticket okay, okay.
1: printed, it's going to be paper, and the express a paper pass printed, like a piece it, of
0: paper or 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 like a
1: movie ticket. Like a, oh, like a, okay, okay, like a shiny, you know, yeah, you know, okay. like a plastic kind of, not okay. plastic, it's paper, but it's a, it's a harder stock paper. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, so that's Express Pass and your, uh, your ticket would be printed with that kind of paper. So two pieces of sort of movie ticket-like paper and then a, uh, a, a room key card. Now I do think if you have a deluxe resort and you have Express Pass, they will, they will mention that on your room key card, but say you don't and you go buy it. I saw people that had it printed. So anyways, setting that aside, I think that talking, let's go back to the buses. So the buses let everyone out at CityWalk. So how the property works, of course, if, if if those listening have not been to Universal is everyone is funneled through CityWalk. So imagine Disney Springs being where you were funneled through before you went to the parks. That's just how it's set up. You have, you know, Universal Studios entrance here. You have it's it's very much like Disneyland, Disneyland how you like
0: have, Disneyland, yeah, exactly like you have
1: Disneyland. two parks kind of facing each other except these aren't facing each other they're side by side the entrances are but in front of them is CityWalk so which is like the shopping and dining district so the buses let everyone off at CityWalk and you go through security before you even get into CityWalk so, so the good you
0: thing cannot so you cannot go into CityWalk at all without security even if you're just that's correct you're just going to shop.
1: if you're you're just going to shop or anything, you have to go through security. So that is, I think, a logistically better thing. And I think that security moves better. There's a lot of stations there and they do require you to take everything off and put it in like buckets, you know, that goes through a scanner like you do at the airport. But there's a, like I said, there's probably 15 different ones of those. And If there's a line that goes by pretty quick because your buckets are going through, they're only winding you if you need to, and then you're in. So then if you have a park to park, you're going between Universal and Islands of Adventure. You know, you're not going through security to go from park to park or to go out the city wall to go -go back into a park. You don't have to go through security every time. You just go one time until you leave, which is good. Um, I like that. Now, so that security is better, and I think the buses may be a little better. So let's talk about what is, besides the app. Logistically, not so great. Lockers. So, one of the best things about Disney is, as we all know, you can bring a book bag onto every ride that you yeah. go on to. This is not the case for Universal. Even so, roller coasters, even some rides that I think you would not have to have a, a locker for, you have to get a locker. Now, they are free, but they are about the size of a two loaves of bread next to each other. That's how big they are. That's the free ones. Now you can get a paid locker, which is bigger, but we did shove our book bag into those free lockers. And typically what they say is that the, the lockers last for 45 minutes or whatever the posted wait time is plus 10 minutes. So say, you know, if the ride, wait time is 30 minutes then it's for 45 minutes if it's 80 minute wait then the locker would be for 90 minutes it would give you access if it runs
0: out it just pops open and people can steal your things
1: no if it i think you get a bill if it runs out or oh. you get charged or something like that um so that's not so great it was very annoying to have to do that it does slow down the rides because like i mean velocicoaster is a new ride they built but they put the locker station in the queue so you know people are faster than that than other people right so it slows down the process of getting onto the ride uh it's it's also just honestly it's just it's just annoying to have to deal with that to have to think about how can we stack our bag in a way to where it's going to fit in that little bread box size locker and you know we don't we just don't put as much stuff in there that you could put in it at Disney and now do you do we ever use everything we put in our bags when we go to Disney. No, we never do, but I like having the option on some of that stuff if we need it. So you do have to scale back and you just have to, to kind of figure it out or just don't take a book back. So I get that part of it, but the locker thing now I would, again, I get it for like Velocicoaster, like the Hulk or Rip Ride Rocket, the, the actual roller coasters. I get why, you know, you not having your bag on it. But Disney's figured out a way, like with Rocking and Roll Coaster, you do go upside down. I mean, so there could be a way to do this on the rides, or you know, I understand like the Hulk is old, but Rip Ride Rocket's not as old, and Velocicoaster's brand new, where they could have done this in a way to maybe where you didn't have to do it. And, and now I've seen it, they have some rides at Universal where they have netting, like when it goes over your legs, there's also yeah. a net there, so it wouldn't, like, your bag wouldn't fall out. That could have been the way they did it, but they didn't do it that way. So... The locker thing is definitely annoying, and it's it's something that probably is fine for most theme parks, you know. But for Disney, we got spoiled at having get, being able to carry our bags everywhere. And then the last thing I noticed is logistics in the parks, and I don't I didn't know what to call this, so I'm calling it like in park transitions, where that's getting on or off attractions or experiences. So here's a couple examples I have. At the the line entrance, you know, typically at Disney, you know, you have a standby line. You have what used to be Fast Pass Plus or now Lightning Lane entrance. And sometimes people have problems, right, with their magic bands or whatever. And they're having to talk to the cast member that's right there. But typically, you know, the cast member, I think, tries their best to pull them over to the side or maybe there's like at Guardians, you know, there's like three or four extra cast members there that can pull people to the side and help because just... Just working through the logistics of virtual queues and individual lightning lanes and some of that stuff, a lot of times guests have questions. Well, what I noticed at a lot of these rides is that like the express pass or standby would get clogged up because the team members would not ask the family to step aside or have anyone else besides just one person there at the ride entrance that is answering questions or helping out. So one example was E.T., um, there was, you know, probably a line of about 15 deep to get into the line because one family had it clogged up. And I'm like, I, you know, at least, you know, kind of moved them to the side to let. And this isn't just one instance. You know, this happened several times. Well, maybe
0: which, it's maybe it's a fact that they, they have a workforce that's not very not trained very well or also just doesn't have a lot of experience.
1: Maybe so. Either, you know, both. Maybe both of those things, yeah. you know, because it wasn't, like I said, it wasn't just at one, we probably saw it six times that day uh, to where if people had questions, it blocked up the entire entrance to the ride. I mean, I get it with like, you know, Express Pass, you got to scan something for people, but like at least move them aside the side and let the standby people go ahead and walk in and start getting in line, right? Um, so that was an issue. Another thing is if you have a park-to-park ticket like we did, You can ride the Hogwarts Express train, which takes you between the two parks, Islands of Adventure and Universal Studios. So if you want to get on the Hogwarts Express, you can get on it at Hogsmeade, which is in Islands of Adventure. And you can ride it into Universal Studios, which has Diagon Alley. So logistically speaking, you get on this train, right? And you are put into cabins, just like a train has cabins. And it it holds eight people, so that's kind of an uncomfortable fit but it is what it is. And then they they close. So if you have a, a scooter, wheelchair, stroller, anything like that, they ask that you leave it right outside the train. They put everyone in a cabin. And then the last thing they do before the train sets off is they load the hallway outside of the cabin doors of the train with the scooters and strollers. I know of Spoonies, this is hard to picture, but just kind of go with me here for a second. So everyone's in the cabins. Then they move the strollers and wheelchairs into the hallway, right? Perfect. Well, when the train stops at that destination, all the cabin doors open up and everyone is able to leave. And then while everyone is leaving, all of the team members are pulling all of the strollers and scooters out while people are leaving. So it blocks up the exit of the train. It blocks up the exit out of the area because they're asking you to stop. Please hold for a second while we get these scooters out. I mean, I think a very simple fix to that would be just when the train stops, you get all the scooters and strollers out. Then you open up the cabin doors and let all the guests go out and either go to their scooters or go on their merry way. Um, Don't open everything up at once and, and block it up by trying to get all the strollers and scooters out. I'm thinking you figured it out the first time by getting everyone in, then putting all the equipment in. Why not get the equipment out and then let everyone out. But that's not what they did. It definitely caused bottlenecking both times by having to get out the strollers and the scooters while people are trying to exit the train. So, caused... so you were,
0: well, you must have spent, you must have spent a lot of time fretting about this because it seems like you gave it a lot of thought. You must've been sitting there steaming while this was going on. No,
1: it's it was, you know, it's when you're, you know, when you, when you're Disney kind of nerds like we are and you've, You're used to things happening a certain way. And when things, and I'm not just talking about bad, you know, everyone has a a bad experience or maybe they uh, have a, you know, even with a cast member, maybe you have a bad, or maybe someone's bad day. So I'm not even talking about that kind of stuff happening, you know, bad days or whatever. I'm just talking about logistical things that when you're used to things at Disney being Fairly smooth and fairly ironed out when something like this happens, it's just very, it was, it was easy to notice and say, okay, so that could have, I think, pretty easily been solved and done differently. And I don't think Disney would do something like this logistically. So there was some things like that, that just, you know, with being an avid Disney park goer, you see little things right along the way throughout the day that you just notice were different between the parks. And so that was one of them. So logistics is, um, you know, I think in flow and like, you know, just like on your job workflow and logistics and how things are planned and, and mapped out is important. And I think that that was where Disney wins in that category. So that was some observations on that category um next category let's talk about team members versus cast members so just in general speaking there are you know obviously if you're in the parks or something you'll see at disney cast members you know just there and then you see managers right that walk around with you know the little pickup things i don't know what they actually are called but it's like the things you need if you need to reach a shelf at home, you have the little ro- robo arms to pick things right, up right, with, right? Right, right? That's how you know that's a manager at Disney because they're walking around with one of those because it's 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 a kind of a servant leadership, right? They they lead by example and you pick up trash. If you see it, you put it in the trash can and that's what it is. Um, So those that's why you know it's a manager. But I was looking around the whole day just to see if I saw any sort of person, manager, whatever. And I maybe saw one or two just in the parks uh, at universal. And I I would just say there was a lot less managers walking around at universal that I saw unless they were just didn't have a name tag, but you know, I'm just talking about the ones that have name tags and, you know, Disney, everybody has a name tag, right. And all the team members have name tags at universal. And so I saw a couple managers with, with name tags. I knew they were managers. They were, they were professionally dressed like a Disney manager would be. There just wasn't as many of them walking around, so I don't know if that's good or bad. Whatever have you? That I guess it may have been not good if they would have been experiencing the the bottlenecking at the rides by walking around more. I don't know, um, but I was just and again this is limited because this isn't me going to Universal for a week, and that's I, sh- I should preface that a lot like you know going to Disney for a week or something like that. But anyways, I wanted to make note of that the cast members to me overall, have a better uh, spirit about them, I guess. But I will have to shout out, there was one um, team member at Men in Black attraction that was excellent. She was great. She um, was very engaged with guests walking in. She was making some jokes. She was playing along with like what the scene was of that attraction when you get in. And so she was definitely great but most of them um not so much like you're leaving an attraction and and that team member's just on her phone just scrolling like this was a one where you had 3d glasses so you have to drop your drop in the buckets and her phone was just on the the bucket and she was just scrolling it like not even acknowledging that you were walking by (laughs) and uh so, I mean, I just, the little things like that, right? So I don't know if there's, I know that obviously the the five keys to cast member training is is a huge part about Disney's training program. I don't know how team members are trained. I don't know if it's the same. I don't know if it's different. There's pluses and minuses. I've never been into either one of them, so I can't truly speak to how that goes. But I will say overall experience from cast members have been better than those of team members, although we didn't have anyone that was like rude to us at Universal at all um i I just
0: again so disney cast members are probably not universe bad words universally but mm -hmm. they're well known worldwide for for best customer service so it probably would have been impossible for you know that's right so this is not even a fair comparison because in reality in reality no we knew this before going in if we had if we could have bet money before you went i mean we would say like you know he would he would have chosen if you had said universal team members were heading above beyond disney that would have been like a shocking situation.
1: Yeah. But I think the average, so for the average Joe that may just not know this, um, you know, or maybe the person who goes to Disney and they're like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go to universal. Maybe they're expecting that same sort of quality. Just know, like Brian said, it's, it's not, it's not there. They're just not world renowned for service like Disney is. And so anyways, that was an observation for that. I have a couple more categories. One is experiences. And so this is like, Shows, attractions, all that kind of stuff. Of course, Disney wins hands down. Um, I did see that the, the Born Stuntacular show was really good there. And they have a lot of shows at Universal, but it just doesn't compare to like the quality and storytelling aspect, right? This is where the park is lacking for me. I think that uh, Emily's favorite part of both of the parks were uh, was Seuss Landing which is like the Grinch, you know, Whoville, Dr. Seuss, Dr. Seuss kind of themed. Now it's it's gr- very Grinch and Whoville themed at Christmas, but the rest of the time it's it's general general Dr. Seuss.
0: One fish, two fish, red fish, blue right. fish. Yeah, all those kinds
1: And of. it's a great themed little land. It's it's um you know, it kind of it does immerse you into that kind of environment. And like I said at Christmas it was all decorated like it was Whoville. There was Who's out there. They even had the, you know, the face makeup and the like kind of the protruding nose and stuff like the who's uh, do. And it was, it was just great. So Seuss landing thumbs up, but the, the rest, and and you know, the Harry Potter areas are really nice. They're very, very small. And I think that was a design flaw. They are newer. So I think they could have made them larger. Maybe, uh, maybe not. Maybe that's all the room they had to make, but it was, we couldn't enjoy ourselves in Diagon Alley. There was lines to get into the stores and there was just people just really blocking up the whole walkway. So we, we stayed in Diagon Alley for probably five minutes, six minutes. And then Emily said, "I, I we need to get out of here. She's like, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown. So you, it just didn't handle crowds well, um, which I know that there's places, you know, like what comes to mind is, you know, in between Small World and, and Peter Pan and, and Magic yeah, Kingdom. Been, that's a very been, yeah. thick, but that's a thoroughfare, right? That's not a land itself. So... That's, and I know the lands itself at, at Magic Kingdom get very busy. So I'm not I'm not here to say they don't, but it's it's hard with Diagon Alley because it's not a major walkthrough and you have to it's kind of like a destination to get into. And then once you're there, you have to get out of it. And so that's where it kind of got clustered, really. Um but outside of Harry Potter and Seuss Landing, you know, it just I tried my best and Emily, we talked about this later that evening. We really tried our best to just put any kind of what we are going into this aside or experiencing from Disney, tried to not compare these things, try to just enjoy the parks and take it in and see what we were going to go for. And we just, it just feels like a big six flags. I mean, it really does. The, even the areas of, the marvel area just feels outdated the um you know the they don't have lands outside of seuss landing or harry potter so you have like a men in black attraction and then you have the simpsons area that has some which the simpsons ride almost made us sick but it's just a bad motion simulator ride but people don't you know some people that doesn't bother but there's not like lands you know it's just you have ET over here then you have you know the race to new york with Jimmy Fallon then you have transformers and you have minions and you have fast and furious there's just all these different attractions that are just sprinkled around just kind of like a Six Flags feel
0: wait they have they have escape from new york with Snake Plissken what what they have that as a as an attraction
1: with Jimmy Fallon
0: oh i thought you said escape from new york okay i'm sorry
1: it well it's not escape from new york but what is uh it's,
0: with Kurt Russell and Snake Plissken, you know, that, you know, that, oh, okay, I did, I thought maybe they had escaped from New York. No, so it's, it's Race to New York? What is that?
1: The Race, Race Through New York, starring Jimmy Fallon. That's what the official name is. And it's like a, it's like a, a 4D kind of thing, you know, r- which a lot of universal rides or experiences are this, you know, they are. You put on glasses, or you sit down. It's an, it's a simulator attraction, right? Jimmy Fallon is this. Transformers is this. Minions is this. Spider Man is this. Um, you know, almost all of the rides are either simulator or roller coaster. That's kind of what you get there. There's there's few that are in between that.
0: So there's not a lot of imagination. A lot of yeah, that's right, not dude. a lot of one offs that we... One of the things about a lot of Disney rides, except for some of the recent ones, where there's a lot of them, that I see they're trying to follow patterns. But the original rides at Disney usually are very unique. There's nothing like them, um, and which I which I always thought was cool. But there's none of those now. You know, it's an interesting thing. Um, right now, I saw I saw an article that said the the number one rated amusement park in that area right now is SeaWorld, which 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 kind of cracked me up, but it is.
1: Interesting.
0: And and, and number two is Peppa Pigland. But I heard Peppa Pigland is really nice for it, but it's small. You know, it's obviously It's for small, a little kid. And I've but, seen
1: some vlogs but it's, but on it's got Peppa But great Pig Land.
0: reviews from, like, they whatever they did, they yes. they, they spent time to make sure whatever's there is great. So it seems to me like Universal now is is lacking it because they could be ranked four, um, which is pretty which is pretty interesting. Um, now, how's the food? How, how was, what do you think about, what about yep. like, like this, the food? What do you? What, what, I got
1: two categories. Okay, so one is food and then, and I have a final one, but, and you're right. So Peppa pig land. So spoonies, if you're interested in that, um, we, we do plan to go there soon, one day uh, to take Ezra yeah, while he's young. We, I think because, we're just
0: going to go for the heck of it to see what it's like too, because it's not very expensive. And second of all, it's just something cool, but it's, it's, I just saw something the other day where somebody was raving about the place. So
1: Yeah. Go look up some YouTube vlogs on it and it's very it's it's great for little kids. I mean, if you go look it up and how they have things set up and the food area and just it's very nice and it's right there next to Legoland. So you can kinda it's that's a great kind of area for younger kids. And I think, you know, Ezra will probably when he gets a little older, would love to go on, you know, a few days to Legoland and Peppa Pigland, I would think. Would he would probably like that. So, anyways, um, food. Yeah, so let's talk about food. Table service, you know, hands down, Disney. There is no comparison at all. Now, I will say that, and we've not been here. I wanted to go here, just didn't have the time. And if I was on a a longer vacation, then I would definitely make a dining reservation here. And that's at Mythos, which Mythos is in the um, the Lost Continent area of Islands of Adventure, and Mythos is the number one rated theme park restaurant in the world is what mythos is, is given that title. Um, of course it's not been, so I don't know, but I have not heard a single bad thing about that restaurant from anyone if bloggers or attenders, anybody like that, people typically love that place. And that is a table service restaurant outside why, why, of that.
0: Why didn't you go? you didn't have time?
1: Yeah, we just didn't have time. Yeah. I I don't know if reservations are hard to get. There's not like, it's not like it in the, my Disney Experience app, I don't think, I didn't see it anywhere right off. I didn't do a lot of digging, but it didn't make it easy for me to find how I could have looked for that. So I don't know. uh, It it didn't make it easy to me. I I will say it was two things. One, it wasn't easy for me to find to make a reservation, but I also didn't go looking really hard to make a reservation because I knew we just didn't have time. Uh, But, secondly with the food overall just because of how much we were barnstorming that those parks outside of a couple places that i knew were like quote-unquote restaurants uh, overall it was confusing to me but i will have to say that it was confusing to me because i didn't do my research so it's my own fault that it was confusing to me but other than that um you know, some places aren't clearly marked as being food places, especially quick service locations. So I walked by a lot of them and turned back around. I was like, oh, that was a place like we could have got food or, oh, that was a place we could have got food. And that was just it was kind of back in the corner. You know, um, they have a lot of food options. So that could be kind of a a whole almost episode in its own from someone that would compare that. But I've heard that Disney food is just hands down better but i think as far as quantity of quick service locations they have a lot of those in in both parks more in universal than islands of adventure but uh they have options so but food overall disney wins that hands down um last category though and uh i've kind of already mentioned this so this isn't going to be you know, surprising, but I put emotion down because I think that's important uh, to, you know, go into somewhere, you know, we call it, we call Disney a lot of things, you know, it's an escape, it's our happy place, it's the bubble, it's a place where you feel the magic. Um, people have described Disney in a lot of those different kinds of ways to, to kind of make you feel like you escape reality or something like that. And none of what I just said to me is present at universal being on that property, being at the resort going into universal itself or city walk or any of that stuff. It does not feel, I don't feel magic. I don't feel like I'm escaping reality. I don't even know how to, cause I can't quantify that feeling or what it feels, or I don't know how to explain what that Disney feeling feels like. And I'm, I'm sure it's emotional because it has to do with memories maybe, And maybe someone may feel nostalgic about Universal. I mean, I did go there once as a kid. I don't really remember it, but my dad said I had a good time. And so, I mean, there's that aspect of connection that should be there for me. But there's just not a feeling of magic like you would have at Disney. And maybe that's just because. It's
0: just the way it is. Yeah, because it's structured that way. Disney is a Disney has Mickey Mouse and it has a history and it has a a founder it has a well known founder and it has stories all over the place. Universal doesn't have that. It's again Universal is a step up from, from Six Flags. And people are yep. hate me for saying that, but that's the truth. <laughs> it really isn't it's a conglomeration of different things. Now there might be some, some definite rides and areas that are very cool and and they're worth yeah. going to and they're they're extremely high level and, and, and well done. But overall the overall picture is not the same and the and the the way things flow and the and the design aspect of it and um, you know imagineering at its best. There's a reason why Disney is is like that. I mean, you mean there's no other park that does that. So I mean I that's that's again these these are these are comparisons that are again if we had if we had made we should have actually you know hindsight we should have you should have asked me about each category beforehand. I would have said disney's gonna win all these things you know and, and it's not i mean wh- how could they not and it's just just not it's not the same we're not even talking about there's not a it's not coke and pepsi it's 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 like coke and you know um a Walmart Walmart soda. I mean, it's not it's not the same. It's not it's never going to be the same, and I don't care what people say because a lot of people say, "Oh, I love Universal better." Maybe for a short period, maybe for one day, maybe for if you need some excitement. But overall, that's never going to it's never going to win out that
1: way. But the problem though is that the the Walmart brand soda doesn't try to sell themselves as a leading soda brand. But Universal does. They they say we are like a Disney vacation, you know they're trying to get to that point. That's they're they're mean. gonna Please they're gosh. gonna build another you know park. They're gonna have Epic Universe eventually. Whenever that gets yeah, done, so then they'll be,
0: that's gonna be big because it's, it's it will be really big. Them, yeah, but it's not really them per se. You see, that's really that's another organization running that. And so I'm really curious to see how that's gonna go because it's gonna be a big competition. It's gonna it's gonna draw a lot of people. And it's gonna pull people from Disney, but they're the people that the Disney fans are still gonna come back.
1: Absolutely, and that's you know, that's, that's kind of the takeaway. And now I know that, you know, one day Brian, me and you need to just do like, like a six day trip and do like three days at Universal, three days at Disney back to back and just make a ton of notes, eat at some places, like do a really good in-depth review. Mine was a very, this weekend was a blur. I'm still exhausted from it. We were sun up to sundown, um, both all days we were there, you know, that we just had one thing after another. We did what I don't like doing, which is just really getting up and, and opening and closing both universal and I was a venture and then Epcot that day. Now, before I go, um, I will say that I did the candlelight processional for the first time. And oh, that
0: was your first time. I didn't know that was first, your first time. time. Okay. I
1: never done it. And I absolutely loved it. It was probably, uh, I would love to do it every year. I, it's it was that amazing uh the performance the orchestra the both the choir members and the voices of liberty and of course Neil Patrick Harris we had as the narrator, and it was just a um just I don't even know how to describe it it was fantastic uh you know they read the biblical He's story of the but best. the He's voice of the best yeah and the like, but the voices you, you and the orchestra
0: lucked out with that that
1: was a oh experience. yeah, I'm telling you that it was the whole thing together i mean just was was fan. Fantastic. And we did. And last quick note is we stayed at the Swan, but it was only for one night. But we did stay there. The room was nice, just like everyone always has told me. You've told me too, Brian, the bed was comfy and the room was nice. And uh, but it just lacks that Disney feel. You know, I I had a great interaction with three or four different um, employees. I don't know what they call themselves at the Swan. And they were very nice, very accommodating um overboard just was they were really nice and helpful but it just didn't feel like disney now, now they you, had the did
0: you go to the did you go to their quick service or anything or do any did,
1: you did go not to, go to the quick service or any restaurants there did
0: Mm-mm. you see that little quick service downstairs with the little coffee shop place that's a really nice place i,
1: I did see that yep i saw that and and like there was a little thing in the room that like showed the pictures and you could kind of look at it and see and they had in their elevators you know like the tv screens that showed where you're you know the different options to eat and stuff yeah. like that and so they are very nice i will say compared to like as a hotel or as a resort extremely nice beautiful architecture inside the rooms are nice so as far as a hotel goes i give it a high rating because it was comfortability accessibility um, look and feel and you know dining options of course we know the swan Dolphin is full of dining options
0: did you go in the pool
1: did not go to the, it was, it was cold. Oh, it was cold. <laughs> yeah. Didn't go in the pool. Saw it though. Very nice. And so, I, I mean, like I said, as a resort and hotel would be a great option. It just didn't have any sort of Disney feel to us. Um, but I liked it and it's great location. I don't understand the friendship boats. I don't know why Swan and D- like, so when we left Epcot, we got a boat and the first stop was boardwalk. Second stop was Beach Club, Yacht Club, and third stop was Swan and Dolphin. So we go to our rooms and then we were like, I was thinking, oh, cool. So that's how the boat route runs, right? So they go from Epcot to Boardwalk to Beach and Yacht and to Swan and Dolphin. So I thought maybe when we go back out to the boat ramp, they would go straight to Epcot. Because I was thinking maybe we're you know the last stop leaving, but maybe they make us the first stop coming, which would be fair. But no, that's not how it worked. We left Swan, went to Yacht Club, Beach Club, went to Boardwalk, then went to Epcot. So I guess that's the route each time, unless I'm wrong. And well, they it just did. definitely, it. you
0: can walk so much faster than those boats. I mean, that's just. A...
1: Yeah, but I was like, it, anyways, so that was a little disappointing to know that if you're staying at Swan and Dolphin, you're the, the last to, you know, when you're getting on the boat. There's three stops to Epcot. When you're leaving Epcot, there's three stops to Swan and Dolphin. You're never first. Looks like Boardwalk was first each time going to or from Epcot. So, anyways, just a small observation there with the boats. But as a resort or hotel, like I said, very nice, but just had no Disney feel to it. Um, but that's it. I I this went a lot longer than I thought, and I'm sorry, Spoonies, if it was not very in, you know engaging or no, I was like, trying to. Do, it was kind of informative though, you know.
0: People do this. Um... You know, pe- people are people go on these type of trips a lot, so it's 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 not it's a good thing to talk about, and I'm glad we did because it it you know, people you know hey you go on a quick you go on a quick trip you have an ability to do that maybe you're on a business trip and you take a day here take a day there, um, this was a, you know it's a good option I think, you know one of the things like my observation of listening to you what you say you know you're 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 trying to make a comparison between something that's not really a comparison and that and that to me you know you know hey hey dude did i would i ever think that a cast member at disney would be um would be overshadowed by a cast member at at universal probably no there might be some universal cast you know team members that are amazing and, and amazing what they do but overall as a as a group disney's world that's what they're known for right so that's yeah, absolutely like, that, that, you know, um food i i could have sworn food was not going to be even close you know a close thing um, resorts I actually was not surprised with that either, the fact that, you, hey, you know, maybe the setup of that of Cabana Bay was a little bit better and maybe it was a little bit better than Pop Century because I kind of think Pop Century is, it's a low-scale, it, it, to me, it's a low-scale hotel. I travel a lot. It's nice. The beds are nice and the room is nice and I, I don't think Pop Century is, is a bad place, but it's kind of like a, you know, any Hilton or Marriott is going to be better than, pop century in most cases it's not going to be themed obviously but you can get some amazing rooms um i think you don't really see you don't really see the the really nice rooms until you get to the deluxes in my opinion with with disney the the moderates are good but they're still not i compare them maybe because i travel a lot i i am very i'm very picky about hotels and i know which hotels are good and i you know until i get to deluxe i don't consider them like high level hotels so Mm -hmm. Um, rooms so that's the thing so i don't think universal could have won out on that either Uh, so like those kind of those kind of things like park food Disney park food has a history it has a following it has you know there's themes involved i don't think that they were going to be able to compete with that what they compete with is they compete with you know more speed rides and the the thrills for that that age group Mm -hmm. but even that i don't even know repeatability
1: if they have that
0: you know, so that's, yeah, that's, that's a hard, it's hard, Evan. It's it's really hard.
1: And you're right. You you summed it up perfectly. There, to my goal was to make a comparison, and there's not one to to be made, in my opinion. Now, a lot of people just say it. It's a different vacation, and so I get that. They just say it's a different experience. There's not Universal does not compete with the Disney experience because the quality and storytelling and imagineering and theming aspect that Disney has it's just not even comparable and you can't even try to compare it like I just did to Universal because they're just different vacations but I'm here to say that like Emily and I made the agreement that we don't really care to go back to Universal um, we, we would rather spend money on Disney because to me it boils down to time off from work and where I want to spend my actual money and I don't think that justifying it as a different vacation Style or experience is even enough to to, now, to justify if you, if you spending to money there.
0: Different, if you wanted to go try something different, you go to, yeah, to Dollywood. Go, go to yeah, we love Dollywood. go to another park in some other country, like Christmas Tree Land, or something. I don't know what you want to go. Something else that you could go to um, mm-hmm. just to get another experience. You know, going to Universal is, is kind of like overkill, in my opinion. It's like I don't know what you, I don't know the value that you're getting. Now, again, you know, when Ezra gets to be fifteen or sixteen, he might say hey I, he likes those rides sure. better right and for a couple of years and i think after and they make it older and they say you know what i want to go back to disney probably that's so. what you yep. would normally see in the cycles absolutely and and that's kind of the way it is but yeah it's 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 a hard comparison it really is i'm i'm just i'm you know i was curious about cabana bay and i'm glad you know hey it's pretty good so that's good and i think they're learning something and Maybe they looked at Pop and they said, "Hey, you know what? Let's try to be better than Pop. Let's look at Pop, and because you know yep. they do, they, they they do those kind oh, of I'm things. Sure. They go Absolutely. out, and they check. So maybe they said, hey, you know, if we if we can be a little bit better than Pop, we'll draw that crowd.' Pop has Pop has has you know gotten some new rooms. They are upscaling it a little bit more. It's not bad. It's definitely not a bad place. It's it's really not. I mean, All Star to me is still the dredge of Disney. It's again, is it bad? No, it's not bad. But it's compared to these other things, but to me for the money you pay for All-Star I know that you have a convenience of staying in the park but I would have a real problem staying there for you know more than like one or two days because you're kind of like at a at a at a motel and yeah. that's where hey you know what maybe I, I'll rent a car and I'll stay at a at a Marriott or Hilton in town or a Four Seasons or anything like that at the same price as I do for All-Star and I'll have a really nice bed and I'll have really nice service and I'll have quiet peace and quiet and so those are the kind of things you need to look at um and and i think that that's that's something that we're going to see with time as disney starts pricing itself out there's people are not are not going to be able to to afford these hotels that are really not worth what what they're paying for that's going to be a problem that's going to be a problem you know a couple years from now it's just because people are going to say like you know what i with uber I could stay at the at this really nice hotel. Like I could mm, stay at the Wyndham. Yeah. The Wyndham is, I you know, I still say the Wyndham is better than All Stars, and it's right. half the price. Okay, yep. and so is it really? Do you is the value you get from being on park, being at park, worth that price difference? You really have to figure it out for you and your family. You, that's yep. what you have that's to. That's exactly right.
1: Yep. Great episode. Great comparisons. Um, you know, that's that's how we we take good away at this, which is my wife and I have said that we just don't care to go back to universal. And, you know, some people may have an issue with that because, you know, you may like going to universal and and that's fine. And, you know, it's every family's different, but for us, it just, you know, we don't, we don't want to be somewhere where we're like, we wish we were somewhere else. You know, nobody wants to do that. And so that's how we kind of felt. And, um, I understand and appreciate, universal for what it was i wouldn't say i wouldn't say we like wasted you know the money on the park and because it was i mean it was fun and we had some fun on some of the rides but just from what we know and love it it was it just spelled in comparison to to that experience if you're looking for that type of vacation you know this is
0: they don't have a dole whip like these, you know, you think about this as like, what
1: place? Like icons, what, yeah, right? What, what yeah.
0: park has an iconic snack? Like that's, yeah. that, that, you don't find that. You don't find that in any of these places.
1: Right. And and that's what to, to take into account is, you know, there's different categories of vacations, right? If you're going to go rent a, a a hut on the water in Bora Bora, or you're going to go on, a, you know, a, a vacation out west to see Nevada and all that stuff. I mean, these are different categories of vacations. And within those categories, you compare things, right? So let's talk about the theme park destination vacation, and there's just a clear winner, and it's, it just pales in comparison when you're talking about that category of of um, of an experience or that category of a vacation. A Disney vacation isn't a beach vacation. It's not a mountain vacation. It's not, you know, it's not X Y wake- z vacation it's a it's a theme park destination vacation but it's more than that once you go and experience other well, theme
0: parks. well the one thing you know i have to say is the the one thing about disney sometimes it's not a vacation and that's that's where people sometimes ha- they miss out is mm-hmm. they go yeah, there and they ha- and they all they do is run around go on rides run 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 then by the time they're done they're like i never rested a minute that's the one thing that People have to change about Oof. their Disney trip. They have to. They have to actually learn to relax. But hopefully, the people will get better at that.
1: I will tell you, Brian, that this trip brought me back to when we first were going to Disney and going from park open to park closed, and it reminded me how much I did I dislike that. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Because that's what we did the whole time, and we were just absolutely exhausted. I mean it. It was, it was absolutely exhausting. I don't know how else to explain it. It it was not, it was definitely still fun, you know, and it was still Disney and the experience was there and the food was great and the, all that was still in the play, but we were absolutely just plum exhausted and I don't want to return from a vacation exhausted.
0: Yep. Okay. Well, thank you for, thank you for giving us uh, the breakdown. I think it's, it's, it's useful for, you know, useful for me useful for hopefully other people can get that. And again, make, you know, you can make your own, people can make their own choices.
1: Yeah, I will, um you know, to, to close this out, uh, I will, which I always mention the Facebook group, but I will definitely, after this episode posts, I will put a, a thread going in the, a spoonful of podcast Spoonie Nation Facebook group. And I will, you know, ask our Spoonies to talk about some pluses and minuses that they think in um, trying to compare Universal to Disney or some pluses that Universal may have over Disney. I'm curious to see what some of you think because I know for a fact that some of you are fans of Universal Studios or Orlando Resort on property and you do like it. So I would like to open the floor up to you. So go to our Facebook group, which again is a spoonful of podcast, Spoony Nation. Join the group if you're not already a part of it and join it on the discussion there. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter. You can email us info at spoonful of podcast.com. Maybe you have a show idea. Maybe you'd like to join us for a show. So go ahead and email us and we would love to communicate with you that way. And lastly, if you could please rate and review the show, that would help grow our community. And we are, you know, of course available anywhere you're listening to podcasts now, and you can most likely leave a rating or review on whatever form you're at. So that would be fantastic, and we would greatly appreciate that so as always broadcasting from the back side of water until next time we'll see you then
0: take care everybody and don't and if you if there's a poll in a disney facebook group that says do you like disney or universal i'm curious to see if it even comes close but we'll we'll see what happens okay take we care everybody see. thank you <laughs> bye, bye. Thank you for listening to A Spoonful of Podcast. You can find show notes, ways to follow us on social media, and all episodes on aspoonfulofpodcast.com. Now that you've experienced the magic, it's time for the most dangerous part of our podcast, The Return to Civilization.